And once again, I am joined by Eno Saris of Fangraphs. Welcome back to Artificial Turf Wars, Eno. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always good, always good. So, uh, Prodigal Son, Joey Votto, is back in Toronto this week. And uh, I know you have talked to Joey in the past about hitting. Um, so we thought we'd stop in and, and get your take on, on some of the stuff he's been doing. Um, because Fangraphs has been writing about him as well. Uh, first off, I, I'm just curious, your your impression of Joey Votto, I know you talked to a lot of hitters, so versus Josh Donaldson or Albert Pujols or uh, Miguel Cabrera, what's the same or what's different about Joey Votto? Uh, yeah, it's interesting you bring up Josh Donaldson because I think Josh Donaldson and Joey Votto are both uh, masters of the craft in that they both think very hard about uh, their mechanics and what they want to do with the ball um, and, and what pitchers are trying to do them. So basically, they think really hard about it. Um, and, um, you know, the one thing that Votto doesn't love talking to me about is mechanics because he, he literally said this to me before, I don't want to sound stupid. And I think that's because, you know, Votto, um, you know, he's, a, he's an intellectual guy and he doesn't want to he literally doesn't know that these mechanical things that he's talking about are necessarily 100% and that um, they might just apply to him. So he doesn't want to feel stupid and have someone sort of say, this is the way Votto does it. You should all do it that way. Where I don't really think Donaldson has that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he lets it all out there and says, you know, these are my mechanics. And yes, I totally believe in them. And I think basically by implication, everyone should be doing them. So um, yeah, th in that way, they're different. I think um, other guys that I've talked to, like Edwin, uh, was basically, I, I don't want to think about these things. I don't like to think about these things. So he was a much more, um, I guess, by feel guy, you might say. Um, and, uh, and then even Votto tells me, if you watch him in the games uh, when he's up there, uh, watch him right before he steps to the plate. He does this weird thing where he looks out to center field and his eyes get all big and he does a big breath and it's just a kind of a weird looking moment. And I asked him about that, and he said that what he's doing is uh, he's getting ready to not think because he's, he wants to do all the thinking in the dugout but not at the, at the plate. He's getting ready to not think, and he's also not looking at the pitcher. He does not want the pitcher to be a human being. He does not want to engage with the pitcher as a human being in any way. He wants the, 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 the pitcher to be basically a pitching machine and that – all that he gets from the pitcher are balls and to, to, to crush, basically. So, <laughs> uh, so there's a bit of a mental mental thing there where even the guy who maybe thinks about hitting more than almost anybody in baseball uh, tries to reset and stop thinking when he steps to the plate. I think that's interesting because I just watched Fastball, the documentary, um, and all of the pitchers in that documentary talked about wanting the, pitch, the, the batter to make eye contact because they wanted to intimidate the pitcher. Uh, yeah. in, intimidate the batter, and and Votto confirms that he exactly does not want that. That he doesn't want. Yeah, that engagement. yeah. He said he, he said stuff like he said something like I don't want to engage all that nonsense. He was talking about about uh, you know the, looking over their glove at me and you know trying to do all this <laughs> stuff. Like he's like I don't want to. I don't want to do. I'm not. I'm not taking part. Think about like Kimbrel with the arm out. You yeah. know, and uh, and Papelbon with that Papel face that he made. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're all they're all just trying to make you think about them as a human, make you think about something other than pitching. So that's a, that is an interesting part of that movie. 
So, indeed, Votto is doing some things different. He always seems to be doing something different. So, this year, the talk has been... Uh, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that after after this. He's uh, reducing strikeouts, but seems to be hitting for more power. Has, has he talked about, I guess, maybe trying to hit more fly balls as well? Yeah. You know, I just actually had Daniel Murphy pull me aside and be like, you gotta, you just got to stop talking about fly balls. When you talk about fly <laughs> balls, uh, old school baseball people lose their minds and think you're talking about cans of corn and pop-ups. We were talking about, you know, high line drives. We're just trying to talk about elevating the line drives, not, not about fly balls. Um, so that was, uh, that was an interesting thing that he, he was sort of warning me on. But, um, and I think that's why, uh, you know, even Avado would say, you know, I'm not really doing things that differently when it comes to elevating the ball. But he, I think what's happening is that we're seeing uh, his best approach against the pitch inside. You know, I was on a panel with Dallas Braden, and they asked Dallas Braden, what would you do if you were to, to face Joey Votto? And I was at the Sabre Analytics Conference in Arizona. And he said, without thinking about it, he said, crowd him. I got, you got to come in high and tight on him. And I, when, I, when I heard that, I, all of the different interviews I've done with Votto over the years where he's done something weird, one, one month he said, I pulled everything for a month, and that was a bad idea. Uh, then he <laughs> Just... told me, yeah, yeah, he's crazy like that. Then, he's like, he told, then he told me one month, he was just trying to inside out every inside pitch over the shortstop's head. Uh, and I was like, that's crazy. What are you talking about? Um, and, uh, and so he's, he's, he's talked about, to me, I didn't even realize it until I heard Braden talk, he's talking about the pitch inside. So the, the fundamental thing for Votto is being able to hit the pitch inside. And the last thing I talked to him about was choking up and so he's famous for choking up but now he's choking up with one strike and with no strikes and he used to only do it with two strikes so he's choking up two inches uh with no strikes uh with one strike and that's what's led to a total reduction in strikeouts and also i think better power numbers because barry bonds used to choke up and he said i choked up because i never wanted to be jammed and so you, here you have a guy, Votto, who you know similarly is very thoughtful about his craft, similarly comes with power and bat speed, and so therefore sacrifices a little bit of bat speed in order to choke up and make contact on pitches inside. So I, I think that it's a, a sort of a confluence of things where he's thinking about the pitch inside and he's finally found a couple tools uh, with which to battle it. Because if he can hit the pitch inside for power, then... He knows he can hit the pitch out to left center. Then what do you do against Joey Votto? Mm-hmm. He's, he's trying to close up the one hole he has. He knows he has left. Exactly, yeah. So when Votto sort of talks about an idea of, well, I thought I'd do this for a week. First of all, that just blows my mind that he's both thoughtful <laughs> and talented enough to do that. Um, but does it really work out? <laughs> no, but, yeah, but the fact that like y- you find that week in statistics, right? Like you go uh, looking, can you find when he changed his approach and did he fall off a cliff? It, meanwhile, I'm yes. sure, yeah, there's yeah, other guys. It was not a good month. It was not a good month. Yeah. So does he but, talk but about? I think it, I think you're right that is it's a laudable thing that he's willing to try these things. You know, he's like willing to. You know, I mean, he's Joey Votto. He could just rest on his laurels. He has all those millions, you know. But here he is 
like identifying a weakness and trying his best to do like this spring what did he do he took extra grounders over and over and over again he did so much defensive work because he saw that last year was the worst year of his career defensively and that he should be doing something differently there so he's definitely uh he's the kind of guy that will want to crush you even if you're playing twit tiddlywinks is the feeling i get so they told the story on the toronto broadcast that he actually approached a soccer team and tried to talk to the soccer goalie about how they dive and how they move around in the net yes 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 and then you pair that with the fact i was talking to him once about um about lineup protection and how you know we nerds can't figure figure it out and it doesn't seem like it exists and he goes i've never once seen uh, a pitcher pitch me differently based on who was behind me and besides who would protect me babe ruth (laughs) (laughs) so it's like uh you know he's definitely has a healthy self the sense of self-worth but like him and granky like granky wants to hit a homer every time he's at the plate look at madison bumgarner these guys are brilliant the the best the best players are even if they're not really smart in in a way that we might have defined it in the past they're very smart when it comes to baseball they think about themselves with open eyes and are yet very confident so they'll say yes something is wrong and i have to do something about it but also i will do something about it because i'm amazing so <laughs> that describes Zach Greinke, Mazamon Garner and Joey Votto uh, to a T I think maybe in the past those players definitely existed, but none of the sports, you know, media knew how to ask them questions that would get, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of silly questions out there. It's well, true. exactly, the old talk about. Uh, anyway, what, enough. I don't want to. Well, there's a lot of that right now today <laughs> in AT&T Park. There's a lot of uh, a lot of you know extracurricular discussion because of what happened last night. Uh, yeah, well, I just wanted to one more thing about Votto. Does, does he think he's evolving as a hitter, or does he think he's trying to fight against the, the pitchers adapting to him, or, or is he trying to just rewrite the whole book on hitting if he can? Like, did you ever get one of those impressions from him? Mm. Well, see, the thing is, it, it, it's funny. The, in the context of this inside pitch thing, he has never once told me that he thinks the inside pitch is a problem. I had to piece that together by saying, oh, look at these, all these different things he's trying, choking up, muscling it to the, over the shortstop, you know, pulling everything. These are all things that you do in order to deal with the inside pitch. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that does answer your question in a way. It's like it's, it's, he's, not, um, he's not out there uh, willing to admit anything to anyone, right? <laughs> he's not, he's not, he's not going to say to me, oh, yeah, uh, pitchers can really crowd me inside, A, that's a bad thing to probably admit in in, in newspaper, um, in print. Uh, and B, also, it's just not um, – I think he would say that he's just trying to refine – I don't think that he thinks that he's uh, changed the way the game's played at all. I don't think his arrogance goes to that level. It's more – I think he's more like, I, I need to refine my approach because everyone – yeah, everyone's trying to get me, and I need to do as much as I can to get them, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you can get ahead of them, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you are at AT&T Park as I speak to you uh, through the magic of the internet. Um, and yesterday was total chaos uh, after Hunter Strickland went and, and hit Bryce Harper. Uh, w- what have things been like today? Like th- th- there's been quotes flying everywhere, I guess, from all the managers and everything. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I think credit to Strickland. He stood in front in front of his locker and he took all the, the questions and he tried to, um, you know, not light a fire under anything and he tried to just give uh, blandish answers that would make the problem go away. But he didn't uh, he didn't duck out or, or call it off early. He stood there. There was literally, you know, 15, 20 seconds when nobody asked a question and he just stood there looking into the TV camera waiting to see if anybody else would have a question. So... I think he's taken his medicine. I think that, um, and he's a really nice guy when you're hanging out in the locker room. I think what we saw yesterday, and this is actually a little bit how I am. I don't know um, what you do for, for exercise, but for me, I play basketball. And I, I actually am a little bit more Hunter Strickland than I want to admit. I, I get a little heated, and I lose... Uh, sort of intellectual control of of my game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it, it's hard for me sometimes to see the open guy and make the pass because I'm just so like there's so much blood in my in my face and my head that I'm just I'm just trying to compete as hard as I can. Uh, but it also means that like I might fouls. I've, I've done fouls where I'm like, holy crap, what did you just do? Like you just really that was a dirty foul, you know? And I felt really bad about it. Um, but it wasn't in the moment. It wasn't like I had a, a, a choice in the matter. And I think that on some level, Strickland, I think he does maybe have some of that old boy um, the idea of how baseball should be played maybe in him. But he also, if you watch him, he's up there pumping 99 and he, he's all gassed up. And all of his past run-ins have come with, A, the fastball straightening out a little bit uh, and becoming more hittable by being so hard. And also, B him being a hothead on the mound and yelling at Salvador Perez and yelling at these different people. So I think this is um, a little bit like sometimes we're a little bit harsh on our athletes that are out there competing and heaving chest competing where they're trying their hardest and there's testosterone just raging through them. And um, yeah, sometimes they're going to be dicks out there. Um, But I, I don't think that it necessarily requires a referendum on the game. And I don't think that necessarily means that Hunter Strickland's a bad person. So, um, you know, it's a very complicated moment. I don't think it's as as cut and dry. There's a lot of stuff going into it. I mean, like what were Jeff Samarja and Michael Morse even doing? I mean, they they (laughs) ran into each other full steam. And I have no idea if they were trying to break it up or if they were trying to join the fight. Like, I think that part was hilarious. And then Buster Posey not getting involved because he might have been ordered to uh, either specifically. That's one thing that's also we don't know. is he, Was he ordered specifically not to get involved in this situation or if he was just sort of ordered generally not to get involved? More like, you know, you don't want uh, Steve Curry to, to run out into into a scrum. You want him to stay uh, stay healthy. So um, did I say Steve Curry? I meant yeah. uh, Curry. Staff. But uh, you get my point. You, you don't want your star to, to be on the bottom of a, of a pile. So, um, but but there's a good shot I, that I, that that star right is going to get um, a fastball to the ribs today. Is it? Is there not? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's the he's the leader of the team. It, it's interesting that he didn't um, step forward though. In this case, maybe he doesn't get the fastball on the ribs because the other team is like, oh, he didn't want to defend his. <laughs> I mean, <That's>... sorry. <laughs> you might have to bleep that one out. <laughs> might have to. <laughs> this is a family show, as we say. Um, yeah, very interesting to see what's going to happen, I think. I I, uh, I sort of admire Posey's 
uh, I, we talked about it on our, our main part of the podcast, but yeah, his, his, his complete refusal to get involved. It's like, ah, well, you did that on your own and you can figure out how to deal with Bryce yeah. Harper on your own. I, I don't even know if that was exactly it or if he was just told not to. Or uh, it, It's funny because he's a very competitive person. I would, I would, um, I would say he's super competitive. In some ways, he's a leader, and we just had this thing where he was maybe um, – calling out Brandon Belt for not being competitive enough recently in the clubhouse. So uh, he's a very competitive person, but, um, you know, he may may not uh, want to take part in things like this. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was told not to. It's very, it's a, it's a, it's such a, such an interesting moment there. And, and, and finally, a fight where somebody landed a punch. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Two punches, maybe even. They weren't exactly textbook, but I give you that they were punches. <laughs> there was yeah, I mean, in the last couple of years now, we've had three legitimate punches land. I think before that, we went years with a bunch of whiffs and, and terrible-looking fighting. Uh, I have to go back to Nolan Ryan and his headlock to really, really oh, get anything. Oh, that was a good one. Or, or Kyle Farnsworth with the, uh, the full-body slam. <laughs> All right, but we'll, we'll leave the fights behind. We'll, uh, we'll also yeah. not only do you you talk about uh, baseball though, you talk about beer, as it were, which is a much happier thing than brawls on the field. Although we're all b words uh-huh. for some reason. Um, what is the beer career for you? Oh well, I'm an editor over at October. That's oct.co, and uh, it's a new beer culture website, and it's. Uh, it's a little bit of a departure for me because it's not as nerdy as my as my baseball stuff. It's a little bit easier uh, to bite to bite into. It's not uh, I'm not uh, it's not like beer graphs used to be where I'm you know doing de- detailed numbers and, and graphs about beer. This is a little bit more uh, having fun. We're gonna have some events. We're doing um, in New York. We're gonna have a festival in September. Um, we're doing dinners in different cities and stuff. So if you go to the events page on OCT.co, you'll see the events we're doing and doing um, music and food. And, and our pieces are about the same. We also have, um, you know, like pieces about uh, musicians drinking beer. Um, so, yeah, we have we're definitely having fun over there. I like it because it's a different energy for me. So now I can, you know, be a super nerd when it comes to baseball and then you know, be a little bit more pop when it comes to beer and, and uh, fill all those niches, I guess. Well, I've definitely heard that the folks in Toronto do enjoy a good brew now and again, so... Mm-hmm, Bellwoods. <laughs> maybe they will slide on over uh, to OCT.co, or they can uh, check out your baseball stuff at Fangraphs. Thanks once uh-huh. again for joining me, you know. Thank you for having me. All right, you have a good night, sir. All right, see you later, guys. Bye-bye.